the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, so let's start off with an easy topic. Let's talk about guns. Everybody's talking about guns. And it's driving me crazy, to be honest, because now they want to uh, put an age limit on uh, people when they can get an AR-15 or they've kind of set it in a way that enlarges that whole idea, which I don't like at all. You know, there's kids that are... And I call them kids now because they just turned 65. But there's kids serving in Iraq and in Afghanistan, and they're 18, 19 years old, and nobody says that they should have to wait, I guess, until they get in civilian life again, and then they have to wait to get a gun. What do you think about all this stuff that you're hearing from the left? And, and, and you know, everybody says maybe not the time to talk about it because the emotions are running high. That's not the time to make policy. Well, we at the RNC, we stand with the Second Amendment. That's part of our principles as the Republican Party. That being said, we have to find a common sense solution. This shooting happened at Columbine, Columbine you know, nearly two decades ago in 1999. And there have been so many more. And as the one father said yesterday who buried his daughter, he said, when 9-11 happened, we secured our airports. Why haven't our schools been secured? So we need I'm to focus on... That. Yes, we need to focus on school security. The president... President has proposed some changes to gun laws, like increasing the, the number of names in the background check system. We need that. But ultimately, I sat across from Daryl Scott. The He lost his daughter in Columbine. She was the first Columbine victim. I sat across from him today. I serve on the board of his organization. And, you know, he said to me, we have to change the hearts of these students because th- we've seen a rapid increase in these shootings. We have to get to these students and change them and make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah, it- you know, I understand that we, when you go and make 30-odd visits to a kid's home because yeah. there's problems, when he posts on YouTube and the FBI sees the YouTube video and he says he wants to be a professional school shooter and they don't check it out as cl- as closely as they should. And, and uh, what, what's his name, uh, the head of the, the FBI said that they didn't do it the way they should have done it. I mean, do we need congressional hearings on the FBI about this stuff? There's no doubt that needs to be investigated. It's inexcusable that the ball was dropped and that protocol wasn't followed. Absolutely inexcusable. Uh, We need to make sure that never happens again. But also, it's imperative, absolutely imperative, that we get into these schools, that we teach these kids mutual respect and self-worth and these values that some of these kids are not getting from parents at home. You know, this is as much a cultural issue as it is a gun issue, as it is a school security issue. We have to look at all facets of this. Yeah. I mean, school, let's talk about you know, school security. Has anybody asked a question in their own mind, how did a kid with an AR-15 get into a school? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think about it. That's that, not something you can stick in your pocket. That's right. A, that's a, you know, that's a, a gun that is easily seen and multiple multiple, uh, you know, magazines. And this is a kid who wasn't even supposed to have a backpack in the school. Right. 
my mind can't get around how you miss that many signals. Yeah, that's absolutely a question that needs to be asked because, look, why don't our schools have one point of entry? Why isn't that point of entry secure? Why is there not yeah. an armed guard? Perhaps metal detectors. We've gotten to the point where that needs to happen. Why aren't all classrooms, their doors locked? I can tell you this, at the private school that I went to, they have taken security measures where there's an armed guard you have to get through and then you get to the door and then you can only be buzzed in. And these are measures we need to have in all of our schools, not just private schools, all of our schools. Every kid needs to feel safe. But before we can do that, can can the Republican National Committee come up with an idea with our lawmakers of how we educate our own kids that, you know, these weren't fully automatic weapons that the kid used, that they understand the idea of a gun is not just to randomly kill people? Right. And those are facts that we need to share with folks. Like in France, for instance, the Charlie Hebdo attack and the attack in Bataclan Bataclan Theater were both waged with weapons illegal under French law. France has some of the strictest gun laws in the world. There are reasonable measures we can take with regard to guns. I'm all for that. Background checks, making sure that works. That is fair. Um, And a lot of what the president has proposed, bump stocks being banned, that is fair. But ultimately, you know, if an armed shooter comes in, having a, a trained person, a trained security guard at the other end that has the ability to stop them, that is going to be key. Because if someone wants to wreak evil upon society, they will find a way to do that. They will find a weapon as they did in France. Well, come on to Arkansas with some people. Go to Clarksville, Arkansas, where they arm eight of their teachers in the school. And I I don't think there'll be any problem that there'll never be a shooting like that. I mean, one or two kids might get shot or whatever, or a teacher, but by the time the the first shot rang out, within moments, somebody will be there with a gun. Going back to 1950, 98% of mass shootings have been in gun-free zones. Oh, sure. There is a reason for that. Only two have been in places where they know that someone else has a weapon. There is a reason for that. People do not want to go shoot if they know that someone else will be on the receiving end to fire back. So that is right to point that out. All right. Move on to a different topic. I got our AG here tomorrow. I'm going to talk to her in the morning. She's going to be speaking about sanctuary cities. You could never convince me that in Arkansas we would see cities saying they want to be sanctuary cities. But it's happening. And in Arkansas, they're trying to deal with it now. What do we do as Republicans about sanctuary cities? I mean, the president says he wants to do some things. Uh, The AG is saying he wants to do, Sessions wants to do things from the Department of Justice. But every time we turn around, the courts are against us. Yeah, and it's inexcusable because we have something called federal law and a constitution, and states cannot act on their own outside their purview of power. And this is well outside of their purview of power. It's clear in Article 2 the president is equipped with the ability to, to make these types of decisions. Um, so we need to rebuff these sanctuary cities and push back on them, and the courts are our legal avenue to do so. And I'm convinced of this. If it gets to the Supreme Court, this will come down on the side of the president. Yeah, I, I, the Supreme Court might. But the lower courts can tie it up and slow everything down. And it seems to me that they forget that the judicial side is one of three branches of government in the United States. And it drives me, you know, crazy. 
Maybe we need to impeach some judges somewhere along the line. Well, we have a real problem with our federal courts because when you have one judge in one state that can rebuff an entire policy like the temporary travel pause to terror countries, uh, there was a recent one with DACA. When you have one judge unelected acting as a mini legislator rebuffing the president of the United States elected by the people and our sitting lawmakers, that is a problem. And we do need to find a way to fix that. And it's incumbent upon AG Sessions to do that. Jefferson warned us about the judges. Right. And he warned us about the Supreme Court. And we have reached that apogee that that's there now. Yeah. And the, these guys are there for life on the Supreme Court. And they just make law from the bench anymore. It's crazy. That's why, thank goodness for Neil Gorsuch. Because yeah. could you imagine if it was a Hillary Clinton presidency and Scalia's vote went another way and you would have a lifetime of liberal decision-making from the Supreme Court? Okay, now I know you're friends with Justice Kennedy. That's a joke. <laughs> Not and and you, you talk to him about every other week. Did he tell you he's going to retire? He did not. <laughs> but boy, would I like to see a conservative Scalia-esque uh, judge sitting right there. That would be great because Kennedy, as we know, is that coveted swing vote. Yeah. And I mean, that would change the, the whole complexion of where this country would move as far as judicial policy goes. What kind of battle are we going to have over the next Supreme Court justice that comes up? I mean, Gorsuch was a pretty, pretty heated battle at times. And I was surprised that the Democrats used so much ammunition on him because the next one is the important one for them. Right. That's exactly right. If we get one more, we have essentially a majority on the Supreme Court, which is great. Although Roberts on Obamacare, but we'll leave that for another day. Yes. Um, (laughs) But but a majority on the Supreme Court, in effect, uh, they will try every trick in the book. And this is why it is so important. Every Republican voter listening right now shows up and votes in 2018 because having that majority, expanding that majority in the Senate is the key to a conservative Supreme Court that doesn't intrude on your lives when it comes to guns, when it comes to pro-life, uh, a government that makes conservative judicial policy. On the For the committee, do, you guys have been very good at raising funds and you've outraised the Democrats. And money is the mother's milk of politics. Make no doubt about it. However, what about the whole motion of getting out and vote? Do the the Democrats have a a large, do you feel they're they're more emotionally invested in this midterm than we are? They're charged up. They're charged up, no doubt. Um, I would not underestimate that. But they don't have the money to have a ground game, to be quite frank. Like, let's look at the RNC. We have 40 million cash on hand. When you look at the DNC, they have 1.8 million when you account for their debt. The average House seat costs 1.3 million. So they right now have enough to fund one House seat and one third of another House seat. So in terms of a ground game, they just simply are trying to keep the lights on. They don't have money for a ground game. We at the RNC, we believe we're going to have the most powerful ground game that you've ever seen for a party. So what are you guys feeling when you look at the, the DNC? I mean, look, the, the, the Democrats, let's say during John F. Kennedy, would have been a Republican today. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you look at the Democrats today, and they're Marxists. Yeah. They're Marxists. I mean, how do, and they're not raising money. They've gone so far left, they've left the field. You know, I don't see why we just don't look around and say there ain't no way we're going to lose the House and the Senate. I don't believe that's going to happen. Do you, yeah. I don't think you guys believe that's going to happen, but you got to 
sound a warning bell just in case. Yeah, I don't believe it's going to happen either, but we also don't want Republican voters not to be yeah, energized show to show up. That's correct. Um, but the Democratic Party, let's be clear, is two bad options. You have an establishment that rigged the election, captured the DNC, rigged it for Hillary Clinton, made up lies about Bernie Sanders, about his religion, no less, claiming he's an atheist. So you have the, the rigged <laughs> that. Democratic establishment <laughs> versus the socialists like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So Democrats, do you want to be a socialist or do you want to be a part of the rigged establishment? Those are your choices in the Democratic Party. And they're always they're running further left all the time. Yep. Every time I turn around, they say things that I would think every American would be afraid of. I know right. my father fought in World War II. He'd be cleaning his rifle again with some of the people that are in the House and in the Senate. I use that figuratively, all right? Not literally. But bottom line, he'd be saying, these are the people I fought in Europe. Right. There's a, they have let socialism take over. There's no doubt. Bernie Sanders will be a strong contender for 2020. I hope he's the nominee. It's, it's I hope he's the nominee because yeah. I can tell you a socialist will never be president of the United States, at least not in my lifetime, I hope. Um, but, you know, that there's no doubt that far leftism has taken over and we have to stand against it because make no mistake, socialism does not have a very good track record around the world. Uh, footnote Venezuela, footnote yeah. Cuba, footnote the Soviet Union. So. Yeah, just check Venezuela. They had a they had a a, a story today that I was reading, and they said that ninety percent of Venezuelans are hungry now because there's not food in the supermarkets. Yeah, they just they're eating out of garbage dumps. So there, sad. There's your there's your socialist experiment in all of its truthfulness. I know I know that Sean Penn is sorry about that. You know, that it's that way. But, Sean, socialism has been like that forever. Mm -hmm. Forever. Right. Right. The same in the Soviet Union. You know, it has a sad track record of wreaking havoc upon its citizenry. Um, And it's it's not a system we want to move towards. And as you mentioned, the Democratic Party is lurching farther and farther left and moving in that direction. It's not something we can allow to happen. All right. So... When you look at uh, this this summer, you get into the doldrums. How do you keep the keep the message coming out? I guess you got to come on my show, right? Absolutely, I'll be on <laughs> your show and many others. We got to get the word out there to show up and vote. All vote right. red. All right, we appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure to put a, a face to the voice. Yes. On the other end of the Absolutely. phone. Absolutely. Easier to do the talk this way, though. It is. All right. More coming up in a moment. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.